fascinating, interesting debate show is live yeah. in the huddle. Very lands a vicious uppercut to put Dillian White out. Then knock him spark out, like they will say in London. Knock him spark out. Retains a heavyweight title. Now, I want to start off with the takeaways first. Just a quick, solid reaction to the fight. And then I want to go into our subtopic on this topic, saying whether or not we believe that Tyson Fury is officially retired. So before we get to the Tyson Fury retirement, I want to talk about this fight. And Dino, I'm going to lob it right up to you first. Yeah, man. I mean, man, what a fight. I mean, I'm not going to lie. The Tyson Fury fight was going a little slow in the beginning, I felt. And then Fury started landing some combinations. I think it was uh, I think it was round four after the little corner incident when uh, his corner threw the water up and uh, when they were tied up because Dillian White was, he had like his elbow and Tyson Fury in the clinches. It was a little, uh, a little bit of a dirty play right there, but it's all right. It's boxing. Fury ain't going to complain. It was cool. Um, and then when Tyson Fury landed that uppercut and he knocked him right out, I was like, oh my God, I thought he killed him. Like the way <laughs> Dillian White fell to the floor, I was like, dude, no way. And then when I saw him like struggling to get up, like, God, like, like Fury was in the corner. I'm like, nah, like that's it. That's it. Time to end the fight. Um, another stellar performance by the Gypsy King. Uh, Dillian White, like he tried, he held his own, but I just, it just looked like he couldn't get anything going in there. Uh, he wasn't landing any like solid combinations like he would land like one shot but he wouldn't follow up and he wasn't able to land any combinations when Fury was kind of just going like you know one two one two he just land like these one twos the whole fight till he um he measured his distance against Dillian White in round six hit him with a clean uppercut and then he was right out um I don't I don't know if this is the end for the Gypsy King uh maybe it is for a little while but I think at some point he's going to make his way back to the ring for a professional bout. I know he talked about doing exhibitions, uh, but I think that'll come at a later time. I think that this Nganu fight that is potentially being teased for next year, I think that's too big to turn down, at least for the payday. And uh, the event would definitely be um, send shockwaves around the, the combat sports world. So I don't think Fury's done, but I think um, he might step away for at least for like a little bit. Zay. You give me a, give me your takeaways on this fight. Oh uh, no! On? Like I didn't. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see the full fight of its entirety. Um, I had to rewatch it. Especially, I didn't get to watch it live. Like I love, I love to. But um, you know, Tyson Fury, as much flack as he gets, you know, um, there's a lot of different like scandals that go around and rumors about his his fighting. But this guy knows how to deter his opponent, and I think one that's one thing that we've seen throughout the entirety of his career that his opponent he takes away his opponent's strengths. And he makes it their weakness in a sense where they, they try to depend on it and they wind up losing the fight or losing their edge based upon their inability to get off their strengths and which is rather a jab, a power punch, um, fighting close. Uh, Tyson Fury knows how to, you know, he knows how to fight great against certain opponents, uh, all opponents really. And I think we see that in his career. And I think we saw that against Dillian White, you know, like uh, Dino said, the fight started slow, but it was to the pace of Tyson Fury. Because if Tyson Fury wants to fight fast, he will pick up the pace and do such and do as, as he needs to be. He kind of just paced it and he knew how to um, kind of pick his shots and take apart Dillian White. You know, um, Dillian White is no slouch of a fighter. And I always said, you know, I always say this about people that fight against guys like Wilder, guys like Fury. They're not slouch fighters, but when they go against those kind of, those kind of fighters, those um, opposing threats, they, 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 you see like a sense of not discouragement. 
but like they're guessing on what they should do to these guys instead of just fighting their game. And you kind of saw that with Dillian White. He wasn't fighting his fight. He was kind of trying to see what he could do to stun Tyson Fury or change the momentum or try to take the momentum in the sense of the fight. And I think that's where a lot of fighters get it wrong because the first thing you have to do is be as confident as possible. If you, if you even lose a little bit of confidence, the fight is over for you because that is only going to go downhill from there. I think Tyson Fury just always fights in a ring with confidence. I think he definitely is retired until... Somebody shows up in the heavyweight division. I think he's waiting to see who's going to take the belt and who's going to maintain those belts for years to come. And then he'll just pop back up in a year or two and be like, all right, let's fight. I personally think we may be in store for Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury third fight because of Wilder, in my opinion, is the best heavyweight if Fury's out. If Fury's not fighting anymore, I think Wilder is the number one heavyweight. And I think he'll regain the belts and he'll hold on to those belts until Fury comes back out of retirement. And I can see a fight, that third fight happening. And I'm kind of excited for it. I kind of would like to see a third fight. They've they shown us exciting fights. And I think I'd love you to see fourth. it again. You mean fourth fight? Fourth, fourth fight, my bad. Fourth. Yeah. yeah. Apologize, yeah. Because he, he tied, knockout, did not. Yeah, fourth fight, excuse me. Uh, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, four. And I'll kind of be excited for it because... Those guys have put or gave us some exciting fights. And despite everyone, like everyone said, you know, with a lot of different things that are going on, I, I would personally love to see that fight again. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm a bit disappointed in just the, not the outcome of the fight. I didn't have a wooden interest. I like both fighters. I like Tyson Fury. I like Dillian White as well. Say he hit it off in, in the money. You know, he gets away with a few things, but he's still a great fighter. And that doesn't really take away from just him being one of the greatest of all time and the greatest right now of this era. But I wanted to see a battle. And I thought I was going to get that until I looked at the weigh-in. And that's what changed everything. I thought, you know, Fury being, you know, getting there with the Kronk style, with Sugar Hill, that he found just a new way to win, and he was going to go in there and box in the inside. And when you're boxing the inside, that's not always the smartest thing to do as a boxer because you can get caught with something. And we all know Dillian White has a, a left hook that's really undeniable. And anybody that faced Dillian White knows about that left hook and they get caught with it. Ask Chisora, ask a lot of these fighters, Povetkin, they get caught with that as night-night. So I said to myself, if Fury fights that way, that Kronk style, he's going to have to get up from the mat and beat Dillian White, which I ultimately think he was going to do. But when I looked at the weigh-in, and I saw how slim he was compared to his other fights. I was like, nah, he's going to pack this dude up easily. It's not even going to be close. Because that already implied to me that he was going to box. Box from the outside. And I'm like, Dillian White can't outbox Fury. He can't even touch Fury. Look how tall Fury is compared to Dillian White. He's not going to touch Fury. So I said, yeah, it's going to be an easy night once I saw him at the Wayne and how slim he was. And this one thing about Tyson Fury that I'm not going to lie. As much as I like the dude that's bothering me. You know, when he talks about this, um, because of the way how he looks, it's like, oh, um, he's trying to prove that um, from a genetic standpoint, you don't have to be this built type of dude. You know, you can still wise and, and be the best in your sport at this time, despite that. But I'm like, bro, you're 6'9", bro. All you is is a couple workouts away from being a prototype of a heavyweight, bro. Like, that's how you will build a, a heavyweight, 6'9". Couple workouts away, bro, from being the typical prototype. So I'm not really co-signing that, um, you know, uh, you know, that type of notion that he tries to present because Claire, bro, he has an advantage every time he goes in the ring. First of all, one of the advantages he has, he practiced. It wasn't given to him, and I give him credit for that. He's a hell of a boxer, and he's one of the smartest heavyweights there is in the ring. The only person I think is smarter than Fury in the ring is Usyk. 
That's it. I think Usyk is the smallest boxer in the world. But Fury's right there. He can match that. That's why I think that'd be a great fight. That's 50-50. You know what I'm saying? Whoever show up that night will win that fight, in my honest opinion, especially if they box. Because Usyk is smart. And Fury is too. But that's it. Right in the, the size advantage that he has. But in this fight against Dillian White, I'm convinced that Tyson Fury wins the majority of his fights before the ring walk. I'm convinced. He did that with Wilder. He won that fight before these guys walked in the ring. Fury already won the fight before the fight. Against Dillian White, same thing. You know, Fury tried to butter Dillian White up. You know, try to tickle him, wear his hat. You know what I'm saying? Order him room service dinner at the hotel the night before the fight. Try to make him calm and cool. Like, okay, Dillian White, you're my friend. And then he goes in there and he delivers a vicious uppercut and pushes him on top of that. Like, come on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, literally soften him up, bro. And there's the guy in Dillian White that I've seen is a wild brother. This dude is from the streets, literally. And he softened Dillian White up. And then in round one, Dillian White comes out in this saltpaw stance, which we not known him to, to come out in that stance. I'm like, yo, Fury's already in his head. What you doing fighting saltpaw? I already knew it was over. And um, Dillian White tried everything in the book to try to get at Fury. He couldn't touch Fury. He tried to throw some loop in overhand rights that did not connect. And it was just wild. Like, he was having a tough time. He was having a tough time against Fury and trying to connect with a shot. You know, a um, couple body shots landed, but that wasn't... It didn't do much because it was, like, at the waistline of Fury. It was like, listen, it was a clear disadvantage. And then, obviously, we get to the sixth round. Fury delivers this crazy uppercut. I'm not sure what y'all fellas think because um, he did push Dillian White. I don't, I don't think that's legal. I mean, personally, I don't think you should push somebody, not taking away anything from the punch, because I think a Fury, I think Fury would have connected again. I think either Dillian White would have went down anyway, or Fury would have do something else after that. But still, because he pushed him, do you think the ref should have gave Dillian White a, a chance to kind of regroup, even though he stumbled because he got pushed? And when you get pushed, you fall back, your head can hit the, the canvas. What do y'all think about that, that sequence right there after the uppercut? I think that Dillian White was out even before Tyson Fury sort of like pushed him off a little bit. Um, he was like when you saw that uppercut connect, hit him right right here on the side of the chin, rattled his brain. He was I think he was done no matter what. Um, even if you know he took his standing eight count because I think the referee was at like eight when he stood up and like he was just scrambling on the floor trying to get up anyway. And I I don't see it being any different even if Tyson didn't give him like a little nudge. Um, but going back to what you said, Leo, yeah, Dillian White just couldn't get anything going. I mean, the whole fight, he wasn't getting anything going. It's like, it's not even like he was close on the scorecards either. Like, he was losing all every round, and he was throwing these looping right hands, and he'd hit the top of the ring, like the, and then he just hit the top. And it's like, damn, like, I just didn't really see enough out of him to begin with. And had the fight been closer, like, yeah, maybe if he doesn't stumble, like, we give him another chance. But uh, I just, I, I'm, I'm with the referee's decision to call the fight when Dillian White stumbled because I just didn't see enough out of him to prove that he was close in, on the scorecards. What are your um, thoughts? <clears throat> I think the push was definitely illegal, in my opinion. I feel like if you're going to hit him, you should. I, I think it, it was illegal, but I also think Tyson Fury saved him from getting hit with something crazy. I think Tyson Fury couldn't really hit him with something lethal, like a real strong jab. That could have put White out really bad. We could have been talking about a whole different knockout. Possibly a knockout of the year if he would have hit him with a crazy jab or a hook. I think when the push happened, 
Um, it was illegal, in my opinion. It should have been called a knockdown in a sense because basically based on the boxing rules, it's, it's not considered a knockdown by pushing him. It's like, a, oh, he got um, he slipped or he got pushed down. It's, that's not a, a legal knockdown. But it was like a saving because the ref saw that uppercut. It was a lethal one. He saw him disoriented, and the push kind of saved him from a, a punch that could have been devastating. It could have really put him out. And I think it was kind of like a as illegal as it was, it saved Dillian White from getting any other, any more damage in that particular moment because, like I said, Fury could have did anything. You ever seen, like, Mortal Kombat when it said fatality? That was the, the <laughs> sign that said finishing and, and on top of Dillian White's head. And I was like, that could have been Or GTA wasted. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it it could have been devastating because, look, listen, be, well, Tyson Fury could have did a bevy of things. He could have hit him with a hook. He could have hit him with a bevy of barrage of jabs that could have knocked him out completely. But he pushed him down and let him disori- left him disoriented because he kind of really knew the fight was done once that uppercut connected. You see, when Dillian White got up, Tyson Fury just told the ref, call the fight. It's over. Because if you would have let it continue, then it could have been really bad for Dillian White, even when he stumbled upon walking around. Um, I understood your point, though, Lil, when you said that his head could hit the canvas. You know, he could have been, that could have been a factor in him not being able to get up because he fell down. And that's a good point, but I'd rather see that outcome opposed to what could have happened if the ref would allow the fight to continue. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can look at that because you can see it from either side. You can see it from the point where Fury's actually trying not to do the outmost damage to Dillian White and just, you know, shove him to get him down and win the fight, obviously. Or you can look at it like, you know what? He hit his head. You know, whoever knows, all I can say prior to that sequence, it was a gritty fight anyway. Both fighters was doing a lot of illegal stuff. Dillian White, once again, died by the uppercut, bro. I mean, clearly Fury did his homework. You know, he saw what Alexander Povekin did to Dillian White. Same thing with the uppercut. Flustered him. Caught him. Out cold. Same thing with AJ. Uppercut. Knocked him out cold. And before I even get to the point about the subtopic that I even answered myself, I do want to salute the fans out there in London, bro. Man, that atmosphere was sick. That atmosphere was sick, bro. Oh, my gosh. They cannot do that in America, bro. They America didn't even try to do that, bro. Like, I'm not going to lie. I almost thought about moving to London because of that, bro. I'm watching that. I'm like, bro, I want to move to London. That's the atmosphere. They love boxing like that. Oh, man, bro. I might have to look out and see with some real estate over there, man, because, damn, I want to be a part of that atmosphere. That was crazy. Salute to all the fans that showed up and turned up for that fight. They love boxing over there, man. But anyway. When you saw Tyson Fury went at a knockout, Dillian White, and Dillian White first hit the cameras, like, that crowd went crazy. Yeah. 94,000 erupted. Like, man, I wish we could do that here, man. Bro, it's, a, I wish. it's, like, a, it's, like, it's like a pageantry. <laughs> right before the fight. That's it's a soccer crazy. crowd, right? They showed up in that numbers for soccer, and they showed up for Tyson Fury like that. Like, that's amazing, man. No, that was sick. That was a sick atmosphere. Sick fight, even though, you know, a lot of people could say it was boring because it was, but it was still a sick atmosphere. Now, with this fight concluded, I don't know. I got a vibe watching this fight, and I wasn't the only one because I, I, I read comments, you know, so I'm not the only one in this boat. But this fight somehow... Risen Deontay Wilder's stock somehow, right? Because Ferry is a great fighter, clearly. I mean, the guy barely could get hit. I mean, he could win in a multitude of different ways. But Wilder really gave Ferry the works. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially the first fight got knocked down twice. One point, last round it was, he was out cold before he rose up like the Undertaker. 
the third fight, we all know that was the best fight out of the group. The best fight I ever seen. I, I always tell people, like, I'm not trying to be heated at the moment. Overreaction Monday, that was the best fight I ever saw in my life. Outside of camera, on TV, or documentaries, or highlights. Right there, live. That was the best fight I ever seen. He gave Fury all he can handle. I think Wilder knocks out everybody else in the heavyweight division. Outside of Tyson Fury. How do you look at Deontay Wilder right now, being that Tyson Fury looked that good, and um, things of that nature? Zay, I'll pass that to you. I think Deontay Wilder right now, like he's still, I think, in in hunger for that Tyson Fury win. He wants to win the fight, and I think if he just had a little bit of technique, just a little bit of technique in boxing, just a little bit, he could have beat Tyson Fury. The power is there. Tyson Fury acknowledges the power, and that's why he had to w lean on him heavy, like you stated in previous fights, because he knew that if this guy has all this energy for a full twelve round fight, I'm in trouble. I can't. I can't stick with the power all day, every day. I can't keep getting hit the way I was getting hit. You know, a lot of the time when Fury dodges punches, he takes a risk because it's not like a real deflecting punches. He's kind of trying to lead and trying to move across. And sometimes it, some, some hits get connected. And when he tried to lean and do all the other stuff against um, Deontay Wilder, Wilder was getting he was connecting a lot of punches, which was causing some effect on Fury, which caused some knockouts because sometimes... When you saw well, a lot of times he didn't deflect punches, he was getting hit, and that eventually caused his knockdown. I think Fury acknowledges that Wilder is such a special talent in boxing that with him not in a division or him being retired, there's no one that can defeat Wilder. He sees that whoever beats Joshua, whoever wins between Joshua and Usyk, Wilder could defeat either one of those two guys because of how powerful Wilder is. He's one of those special fighters that we talked about in previous time, like back when the heavyweight division was the golden era of the division. He looks at Wilder as that kind of fighter where this guy can knock out anybody at any given time, at any given second, once you lose focus on him. So I think Wilder's stock rises because if Fury's not there, Wilder is the heavyweight king. But I think Wilder is more hungry because he wants to defeat Fury to be known as the best heavyweight to ever do it. And right now, people are looking at Fury as one of the best heavyweights to ever fight in this game with winning all the belts, with being able to defeat a lot of different guys. So I think Wilder right now is looking at Fury like, I'm going to win these belts. I'm going to take on whoever I need to take on to make sure you come out of retirement and see me one last time because I know I can defeat you and I'm not going to rest until I do. Well, quickly, Dino, you got less than a minute, man. What's your thoughts? You know, I think that uh, this definitely does rise Deontay Wilder's stock because in my – we talk about this all the time on the show. It goes Fury 1, Wilder 2. It's always been like that. And I think uh, now that – you know, Fury steps away, then Wilder is definitely the best, uh, best heavyweight out there because I don't see who, Usyk could probably give Wilder a run for his money, but I don't think anyone else beats Wilder because he's too good with his power and he knows he's going to find his shot against somebody. He found it against Fury, you know, three times, but Fury just was able to get up. So I definitely think uh, Wilder's stock does rise after this fight because he's the only one to really, like, knock down Fury significantly and challenge him. And, uh, I think the heavyweight division, if Wilder decides to keep going, it's it's going to be Wilder's again because if Fury steps away, it'll be Wilder's. I am here. Look, I think Wilder made the mistake by jumping right in there after the second fight. I get the competitive spirit. You you don't want to be known as the second best. There's no urge in that. And that's why I'm worried about Deontay Wilder. There's no urge in waking up to be the second best. You want to be known as the best. Right? Nobody plays for a second-place trophy. They don't play for a second-place trophy. They play for number one. And right now, Fury is clearly that guy. Wilder cannot 
be that guy unless he fights Fury again. So that's why I'm worried about this so-called spiritual journey of knowing if you want to retire or not. He will have to find that urge and that love of boxing and be comfortable with being the second best of this generation. And I'm not sure if he will. And I think if you're a Wilder, you should have, after the second fight, let Joshua and Fury get that battle on that they was trying to get that went to arbitration and fight a tune-up fight to improve and enhance your boxing skills with Malik Scott to come back and fight the winner of that fighter, and you would have been at that King Castle number one spot. But he didn't. Obviously, he gave us a good trilogy, so I ain't mad from that perspective. But um, we'll see if Wilder comes back and ultimately how he closes out his legacy, if indeed he comes back. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after these brief messages. Can You Dig It Sports Radio Network is here. Revolutionize the game of media. Do you dig, dig? 